Happy Sunday and welcome back to the podcast. Today we have invited on the president and vice president of Turning Point Faith, which is affiliated with Freedom House, and they are Jordan and David Price. I am so excited for you to listen to what they are doing when it comes to the spirituality of America and how God is moving and using us for his kingdom. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have some super special guests on um, joining us. Today we have Jordan and David Price on with us, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves to you guys. Hey, my name is David Price. I'm the president of TPUSA Faith at Freedom House. This is my lovely wife, Jordan. Yay. So, yeah, so we get to lead it. So I am Jordan. So my name, but, um, and we get to lead TP Faith together um, from Freedom House. Um, and during the day, we do. Um, I'm our assistant director of operations at Freedom House Church. Yep, and I lead worship. So awesome! It's that's good. that's so great. And we are so glad to have you on. It has been a goal to get someone from TPUSA Faith on because we've had some people from TPUSA. But I really want to dive into what y'all's mission and what y'all's goal is with this, and it's really amazing to see the work that you have been doing with this um, branch out of TPUSA Faith, I guess. Um, and so I guess my first question is, how did it start? Yeah, so we'll kind of do two-part with that okay. first, um, how it started with TPUSA and then how it started at Freedom House. With TPUSA, um, Charlie, you know, had been he travels a lot, does a lot of speaking engagement, obviously, all their conferences, everything they do at TPUSA is just amazing and grand. And I think just recently in the past couple of years, obviously with um, COVID and everything, churches started getting shut down and pastors, I think just a lot, we saw a lot of pastors shy away from that and instead of speaking up and fighting for it. And so I think through that and his relationship with some pastors just kind of felt, hey, we need an avenue to be able to equip pastors, to be able to equip churches to prevent this kind of thing from happening and prevent our churches from shying away from the truth in the gospel. And so from there, it just kind of started with just a few pastors that got together and yeah. Yeah. yeah one of the biggest things about all of, all of this is politics. Oftentimes uh, when you take Jesus out of it, you take Christianity out of it, it can mm-hmm. become uh, it, it can really quickly go to anarchy because it's all about less government and less government is good, but if you don't have anything to hold you to a moral yeah. center, uh, it's all honestly like there, there's no reason for it. And so TPUSA Faith comes in. We're engaging the church. We're making sure that, yes, we want conservative policies. Yes, we want lower taxes for people. But if we have all those things and don't have a moral background yeah. or a moral foundation in our country, then, I mean, basically the same thing is going to go on. It's going to lead to chaos. Like we're uh, So... Um, TBUSA Faith as a whole, our mission, uh, we're on a mission to equip the faith community to be mm-hmm. culturally and civically engaged like never before. Um, and we want to inspire, empower pastors and their congregations to stand for biblical values uh, that our nation was honestly founded on. Mm-hmm. And then the fun part at Freedom House, 
uh, we kind of got involved with Charlie. Um, we got engaged with him uh, back in July of uh, 2021. Um, we'd been following him for a while, but he came out to Freedom House to speak, and it was just really great while he was here. Um, he had started talking about wanting, like that was when they were really about to launch Turning Point uh, TBUSA Faith. And so what we did was we were like, hey, we're in, we want to be here. Our pastors, Troy and Penny Maxwell, kind of led the charge of getting Charlie here and uh, spreading the word, hey, we're going we're gonna to partner with them and we're going to make something really awesome happen. And so we were there the whole time and kind of uh, we were involved with like SAS and going down to the Student Action Summit and everything. So um it was really good and so here we are yeah that's amazing that's awesome and i love that um he did that i know uh listening to charlie and erica both of them from different turning point events they are very faith-centered and so to see this um idea and this vision and it's growing and it's really um, picking up speed and momentum it's really beautiful to see and i know those who are listening are going to be impacted by this i know that um, Turning Point gets a lot of light, but I want to share some light to the faith aspect of it, um, knowing that God is our center. Like you said, dealing with these difficult topics of like government and um, what does taxes look like and all of these different things that we are seeing, um, what does that look like with a moral standard? So I really love how y'all put that. And to go to another question, what is ministry supposed to look like? And maybe even specifically, what has Turning Point Faith, what has their mission been when it comes to ministry? Yeah, so ministry for me has always been an opportunity to, to connect with people. But also equally as important is ministering to God. Yeah. So there's this twofold thing that's going on. Um, for, the long, for the longest time, the church has been, been really good at ministering to God. We've been really good at... Uh, worshiping Jesus. And for a long time, we weren't good at ministering to people. Recently, though, with woke culture and a lot of progressive ideology coming into the church, you've seen this flip where it's all of a sudden it's super focused on people, but we take God and morality and the standard that Jesus has called us to live to totally out of the equation. Um, and, and you need both. Like, I think it, for those churches that only focus on God, they're missing the people part. And Jesus says that to love your neighbor as yourself is equally as important as loving the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And so ministry should look like a tension of those two things. And when that comes to political um, engagement, uh, we're standing up for morality. If if I'm all for like programs and things that, that are able to help the needy, that people that really need it, mm -hmm. um, helping people get off their feet uh, or get on their feet if, if they're they've come across bad times. But if we do that and also allow things like uh, gender ideology to get put in the classrooms and kids being basically groomed to become sexually deviant or, or whatever, I know this is going in heavy. Um, if we allow those things to happen, then we, we let our, our morality as a nation begin to slip. Yeah. And I think practically for TPUSA faith at Freedom House, the kind of model we've taken is pronged so every month we do kind of like they do at dream city we do a monthly freedom night on the first tuesday and that's more kind of like what david said partially we're ministering to god we have worship we have a time just of prayer and just kind of making sure that's our focus and that's what we do first before anything else and then we'll have a speaker in to kind of you know 
empower people, to inform people, to just kind of get people excited to get engaged. And then the second part of that is each month we do outreach. So we go into the community, we do stuff like voter registration drives, go to school board meetings. We just recently partnered with Let Us Worship and Sean Foyt and did a ton of outreach with that in the community. And so that kind of two-pronged approach of kind of what David said of we try to do the vertical where we do worship, we're focusing on our relationship with God and then the horizontal of going out into the community. Yeah. Awesome. And what has that, what has been the most inspirational probably like um, experience throughout this whole process been for you guys? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) for us. um, So it actually happened technically before Turning Point, PPUSA Faith, even was a thing for us. We had yeah. it. We had been in conversation about it by the time we went out to uh, the Student Action Summit over in the summer. We kind of knew, hey, we're looking at getting involved with this. We didn't quite knew what it looked like or where it's going yet, and we didn't know that we would be leading it. But um, we were actually at one of the receptions at the Student Action Summit, and we were just you know mingling. It's time to network, connect with people, and we were talking to someone for the summit. And for purpose, if you're not familiar with the summit you know it's Mm -hmm. for those listening it's a big conservative student movement usually it's it's not faith-based but they're you know a lot of the speakers end up talking about their faith mentioning it Um, a lot of them are just christians yeah and so we were just talking to people and someone asked what i did and i said oh i work at freedom house church in charlotte i do this blah blah blah. and um for them it just it seemed to spark something and they said they're like oh they're like do you like, is your church like a Christian church? And I was like, yeah, yeah, non-denominational. And she was like, oh, weird. She was like, I've, I was sitting in the messages today and she said, different speakers just kept mentioning Jesus and a relationship with him. And she was like, and she was like, I mean, I'm like, I'm strong conservative. Like I go to Catholic church. And she was like, so I was like familiar with that. But like, she said, I kept hearing it and wasn't really expecting to hear it at this, you know, conservative conference. And it kept stirred something in me. She was like, can you tell me more about what a relationship with Jesus looks like? Yeah. And so in that moment, in the middle of this like crowded cocktail party with yeah. like <laughs> hundreds of people with like, it was like the one where like Benny Johnson was speaking and it was just crazy night, but we were able to minister to her and end up me and my friend were able to pray with her to receive yeah. Jesus literally in the middle of wow. a party. So yeah, I think for that kind of, before even TPUSA Faith really started, just kind of stirred us in like, you know, more than anything else, like more than getting more conservatives in office and more than, you know, protecting policies and all of that stuff, we want to make sure our focus is Jesus. And so for the kind of been kind of like a mounting moment for us. Yeah, it's been something to kind of look back at. Like you said, it's a mountaintop moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, we get to look back at it and uh, kind of remember that if, if, if we lose our focus, mm-hmm. like if we get too uh, involved in in the just cool. winning yeah. to winning for the sake of winning, I guess you mm. could say, because yeah. we want to win elections and we, we want to do all that. But, yeah. but if we're doing it for the sake of it and we start yeah. compromising our values and compromising the things yeah. we believe in, we're no better than the left, mm. you know, like, yeah. and so that is a moment of like in the midst of, you know, being political and engaging in, in civically and getting people uh, having conversations where we can debate with people and get yeah. them and show them, why we believe in conservative values the way we do if we miss jesus in the midst of all that then like we might as well not do it you know 
And that's a great reminder, I think, even as someone who does a podcast for Christian conservative values, it's such a great reminder to remember who is the person we are representing and ultimately who are we leading people to? So that, like, for anybody who's listening, who has a platform, it's such a great reminder to remember, even in the midst of chaos, not to get sidetracked by everything that the enemy is throwing at us, that um, it, it seems like a lot. It's heavy, you know, and every day on the news, you find something new, and it's crazy, um, just to stay focused. And so, I know that many of my listeners are going to YWLS or SAS, like you were talking about. So does TPUSA Faith intend on having a presence at any of those conferences? We're going to be there. Yeah. One way or another, we're going to make it happen. So, um, well, actually, yeah, so uh, I think some of our team is going to be at the uh, Young Women's Leadership okay. Summit. We're definitely going to make sure we're, we're able to be at SAS. Um, so, but I know outside of us, mm-hmm. Turning Point Faith, like in general, there's going to be a lot of people there. Okay. I know some of the people were on the East Coast, mm-hmm. so people like Dallas of, Weaver, who's yeah. this area. A lot of the representatives yes. on staff, and I know they'll have in the exhibition hall. They'll have tables set up with, you know, some like handouts and flyers and anything to help people get more involved. So, and then I know we. But do, I want to be there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll be there. But um, and then they also do the on Sundays usually the worship in the morning, which. I'd always encourage everyone to go to. It's always so yes. amazing. I know Sean Foyt did it at AmFest, and it was just incredible. So it's a great time to really just refocus, even though we're at a conference and, you know, it's a Sunday. It can be easy to forget about church on a Sunday if you're not in a building, but yes. in a church building. But it's just a great reminder that, you know, church can happen anywhere. So. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely enjoyed it when I went um, last year, and I'm excited for this year. But I know that TPSA Faith is having their um, – y'all just got started, y'all are, I know on Instagram, y'all have a lot of people and y'all have made an impact, but I know it's very fresh to um, the here now, and so I really wanted to make sure that people know that y'all are going to be there because I really want people to know the impact that y'all are making. So, um, what is a Bible passage, and y'all can both share on this, that has been an encouragement to you guys? So Romans eight twenty eight, God works out everything for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose in Christ Jesus, has been a rock for me. Um, honestly, for my whole life, uh, not just since we started into politics, uh, but really, like, it's been a great foundational verse because no, no matter what I've been through, I'm always reminded that God is in the details of those things, and he's working out all the little things. And the big things too, but it's most of the time in our lives, it's the small things that we get concerned about, we get worried about. God's working those out. He works out everything for those that love him who are called according to his purpose. So when haters come and they, you know, try to deplatform or cancel or whatever, I'm reminded that it's it's God who's working out in the background. He's he's working things for my good. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, um, mine has been first Timothy four twelve, which I actually shared my Instagram the other day, but it's don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech in conduct in love and faith and impurity. And for me, that one's been huge pretty much since we stepped into ministry because we both stepped into ministry at like 18, 19 years old um, and just have been doing it since and then kind of stepped into politics just this past year. And so I think it's really easy sometimes being younger to, you know, for me to think or other people to think like, oh, they're so young, like, 
you know, like, you know, just kind of brush people off, um, or to look past you. And so I think, and even for me, sometimes I think, well, I can't do that because I'm, I'm this age. Um, but just, how old are you? I'm not saying, <laughs> but, um, 23, I'll say it. Um, we try to avoid saying it partially, <laughs> yes. younger, but, um, you know, but to be able to show the reason we usually don't leave with that is because we want to show our maturity mm. and wh- what we've been able to do before anybody's even thinking, Oh yeah, you're so young. Yeah. I'm not ashamed of how young I am. In fact, I think it's pretty cool. We actually were on a contract on our second house, which is like cool to be able to say to do at 22, yeah. but like, uh, we don't generally lead with that because I, I want to show you before you label me as, as young or as a Gen Z or whatever, like, like this verse says, I don't want you to look down on me because I'm young. And honestly, part, that's partially on, on you if, if yeah. you do that. Um, but I'm, I'm like, it doesn't matter to me if right. how old I am. It doesn't matter to me how, how old anyone is. Yeah. Um, we all can work, uh, do good in God's kingdom. Yeah. Again, that is an encouragement to me, and I know so many listeners who are listening because I'm 17, and um, I've started a podcast, and it's been a crazy journey, but again, God is the one, if you put your faith in Him, He's the one who can lead you, and that verse is encouraging because I see it as, I want to give a voice to those who are my age, who are still in high school, who are about to graduate. Um, You can still make a difference even at your age, no matter how old or how young you are doesn't matter. God has made you for a purpose. And so um, that's why I'm super excited that you joined and y'all came on because it's something so encouraging to see younger people spreading God's word. Um, so what would you say it looks like to be a leader, either with faith or just in general? Um, I'd say the biggest thing is humility. You know, like we, for us, we always look back to the Bible for what we base our things off. And, you know, like, I think Jesus was the best example of, you know, we look at him washing the disciples' feet. And to me, that's just a beautiful example of really what a leader should be is someone like, you know, willing to get on the ground, willing to to submit themselves to others and to put others before themselves and not, you know, not be thinking about, I think so much in leadership and especially sometimes in politics, it can be kind of about, oh, what room I'm invited in or what position I'm in or, you know, how much influence I have. And I think really being a true leader is just being able to lay all that down and say, how can I serve? Right. Yeah. Um, John Maxwell says that positional leadership is the lowest form of leadership. Mm -hmm. So if I have to be like, Hey, I'm your manager or I'm your leader, listen to what I say. You're only really a leader because you have that title. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas I think Jesus calls, calls us to relational leadership. He calls us to be, a leader that is um, that is first and foremost forming relationships yeah. with people, and it's from that relationship that you can then say, "Hey, come along with me." Yeah. Jesus, when he called his disciples, said, "Follow me." Mm-hmm. He, he formed a relationship, and then he said, "Follow me." Um, it wasn't, "Hey, I'm Jesus. Come do this thing." It was, "No, I see you where you're at. Now follow me." Mm-hmm. And it takes faith to do that. So that's for me. That's what leadership's all about. I don't let a week pass by that I'm not going, getting coffee, mm-hmm. calling, getting dinner, you know, whatever with the people that, that I'm helping to oversee. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. And to piggyback off that question, I know many are 
of the younger age who are listening, either college age or high school, and what would you say is a valid way to direct their passion, um, either for Christ or how to, like we were talking about ministry, where should that passion be? So I I have an interesting uh, perspective on this question. Maybe not perspective, but just opinion. Um, Personally, I think we should be all impassionate about Jesus. And that sounds like a really like churchy Christian thing to say. But if we lose our focus and turn to the left or turn to the right anywhere else, uh, we lose our mark. Like you can even get passionate about ministry. And in theory, you think it's a good thing, Mm -hmm. but then you totally miss Jesus in the midst of it. Mm -hmm. And so if, if you're young and you're excited and you're passionate, go after Jesus first and foremost. Because your passions are only going to sustain you for so long. The things I was passionate about in high school and in, in, and in college and in middle school and, you know, whenever are not the same things I'm passionate about now. Um, they change and they, that's okay. And that's supposed to happen. I think God places things in our lives and on our hearts for certain times and for certain seasons. So be passionate about what you're given. So this, where you're at right now, if that's in college, let that be your passion. If you're uh, volunteering at a church, let that be your passion. If you flip burgers at McDonald's, man, be the best burger flipper you ever can be. Because as Christians, we're not called to mediocrity. We're called to excellence and we're called to uh, exemplify Jesus in everything that we do. And so uh, what I would say to that is is with whatever your passion is uh, or wherever you're at, let that be your passion. And sure, like in high school, music's uh, even now, music's always been my thing. I've always been passionate about music. And throughout that, I've never let let that dip. Like, I've always stayed in touch with music. But if I w- was playing music all the time, I wouldn't have graduated high school. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, there had to be some give and take throughout of it. Yeah. So let what you're doing right now be your passion. And how about you, Jordan? <laughs> yeah, I think I kind of think backing off what he said. I think like you said, passions come and go, but I think everything and you can use your passion for Jesus. And so I think that's something that is really beautiful that like God gives us specific gifts and talents to be able to use them for him. But I think like you said, ultimately our first priority always needs to be Jesus. And something we always try to tell ourselves is we, we want to be Christian first, conservative second. We never want our passion because we are passionate about it, but we never want to let that passion supersede that because that's when you can get you can start compromising you can start yeah going around right i think the left like very clearly 10 years ago even you could have said like oh yeah you can be democrat and be a christian mm-hmm. right now oh man it's hard like I, I i can't i don't think with the way that that party is going that you really can do it mm. but um if we as conservatives like give give way to the same things and compromise in the same ways like we're no better and so my goal is i want to be better like i don't think we have to compromise to win elections i don't think we have to compromise to be the 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 voice and the party in the country and and the representatives in the country uh that that fold and that cave in to public pressure to pressure from money or or you know fame or notoriety or or the media or whatever yeah. And what does that look like for believers necessarily? I, um, 
It's a good question. I think for believers, it looks like knowing what you believe beyond the shadow of a doubt. Like doubt, doubt in and of itself is going to come your way, and you can't really avoid that. Um, but like, I know what I believe. I know the things that are sin. I, I like without compromise. There are certain standards that Jesus has called us to. And so really it just looks like obeying those standards. Yeah. Like fortunately, uh, as a conservative, like we have the benefit in this party of oftentimes it's, you have a lot of Christians and then you also have like low taxes. Mm-hmm. That's great that both of those are together. Um, but if it were the other way around and the left was in favor of higher taxes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then they also just so happen to have Christian policies. They're pro-life. Um, they're pro-family. Mm-hmm. Uh, then w- would it swing the other way? And you have to be able to a- ask those questions. You have to be able to answer those questions to yourself. Like, is this about my politics or is this about Jesus? Mm-hmm. Fortunately, like I said, I get Jesus and low taxes. That's great. Um, like yeah. that, that's an awesome, awesome thing that we have the ability to yeah. do. But yeah, I think second to that is you really just need to be un- submitted to authority. Yeah. If you don't have 100%. pastors in your life, and I've seen, we see this with, you know, conservative Christians every day who are in office or who, you know, say they're Christian and probably have strong faith, but just if you get too far in politics or in just in the world without that covering, it's so easy to be led astray to not have, if you don't have people that are pouring into yeah. you that are, can call you out if yeah. they see you. Money, money's tempting. Yeah. Fame and notoriety is tempting. Uh, like popularity, even in conservative circles, mm-hmm. is, is tempting. Um, so you just got to be careful of that. You always got to be careful. Definitely. And I know this is getting a little bit off track, but I want to piggyback that a little bit. What would it look like? I know whenever we have conversations in the conservative community and we come across someone who either believes more on the liberal side or democratic side, they believe that we misrepresent, um, that sometimes like when we fall, and we will because we're human, what does it look like for us to own up to our faults when they happen? That is, uh, I love that question. And I think that question needs to be asked more. Yeah. So the biggest thing is, are you willing to be repentant? And are you willing to be repentant, like, just for the sake of it? Because mm. oftentimes you can say, I'm sorry. Um, and like the public is like, oh, he's sorry. Like, go this person. And then there's not really a heart change. Mm. Like that is, that is dangerous. We have to, as Christians, if we're going to say, I'm sorry and be repentant for things we've done wrong, we got to be genuine about it. Like, I I think there is, not to get super, like, Calvinist with it, but I think there's a certain kind of mourning that you have to do with your sins. Like, if you struggle and you fall, there should be a certain, like, man, Jesus, I know you forgave me of that, but I'm still, I'm so sorry. Thank you for the freedom that you helped me to live in, even though I don't deserve it. Like, I think in every believer, there should be some level of, like, mourning your sins and constantly being willing to confess those things to God because if we can't confess our sins to Jesus then when people come and knock in and say hey you did this thing own up to it you know like we're not going to do it yeah I think also just not 
not pretending like we're perfect, you know, like right. I think sometimes it can be like, like I really appreciate Sean Point tweeted this the other day, but he basically was like, yeah, the rights messed up too. Like just being able to admit people are flawed and that I think once you just kind of say that and you could be like not excusing behavior, but just acknowledging, yeah, I messed up too. Like, yeah, I got we're going to mess up. We're imperfect. We all have things to work on. And um, even like, I know for me, like I get a lot of questions. Well, how do you support this person if they've done this or they've said this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously we don't condone that behavior. We don't say, oh, you know, that person is like perfect example of Christ. But I'm not either. Yeah. And, you know, it's just saying like. And even God used Samson, who Samson in the Old Testament did nothing right. But God still used him because used scripture, scripture says that God wanted to move against the Philistines. Mm-hmm. And, he, he, and he used David. Um, he used all these people that were flawed. And yet, you know, if you read in Hebrews in the Hall of Faith, Samson made it in. Like Samson was recognized by yeah. God in the Hall of Faith. David, King Solomon, all these people, yeah. um, like they're remembered for the good that they did. They're not often remembered for the, the harm. And God uses broken people in broken places uh to make change because he's god and god can do that like he doesn't have to use a righteous holier than thou person to affect change he can pull a rat out of the street and like be like go change something and they'll do it (laughs) you know um so yeah and i resonate with both of y'all's responses i mean to get a little personal like when we have such a platform i know y'all have a platform and I'm speaking to other people and I get responses on uh, on a daily basis but when you have that platform you have to understand that you are representing God and sometimes you're going to mi- misrepresent worldly things um, when it comes to a moral right. standard and I know I've done it before I've had to apologize on behalf of it being like oh I maybe wasn't on the right track when it came to this and I apologize and I'll make up for it you know and so I resonate with both of y'all's responses and I'm really glad we kind of got off the topic because I know that many are just heavy about that. They're like, well, I see this is happening on the conservative side, but no one's owning up to it, you know? And so I just, I guess that's a call to action for those on the right right and the left is whenever you mess up, own up to it, you know? And so um, to ask a few more questions, how can the church impact lives when it comes to the communities around them? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is just meeting people where they're at. Um, you know, instead of like kind of what I said with what we do with TPUSA Faith, we have the events where people come to a church building and we meet there, but the rest of it is all happening outside of the walls of church. Yeah. You know, it's being in the community, meeting with people. Um, I think that's really how you affect change and just honestly, going with no agenda is sometimes the best way to do it. You just, you know, going into communities and just loving on people, greeting people, Mm. you know, having events where they can bring their kids and just hang out without, you know, feeling anything else is, Mm -hmm. I think, one of the best ways we've done that. And we've seen that a lot recently. We recently did um, an event actually at a motel in Charlotte that basically the majority of the hotel residents were previously homeless Mm -hmm. and are in these long-term facilities. And we just went for an event and we fed them. We gave them grocery gift cards. We had a bouncy house. We didn't even like, we didn't talk politics. We didn't do anything. We didn't, 
we weren't advertising our church. We were just loving on the people. Mm -hmm. And we had multiple people that just said, you know, thank you for just coming out there. Like, I wish more people did this where we could just come together without an agenda. And so I think that's one way that is just really powerful to do. Yeah. And I think it's also about, uh, yeah, reaching people where they're at and then being willing to have a conversation instead of yelling, like, that is something the left is very good at is yelling. Um, and it's like, ah, okay, fine. Like whatever, like stop yelling at me. I, I don't want to listen anymore. Um, and granted it works, I guess, to yell or to get your point across because people get annoyed and they don't want to listen anymore. And so oftentimes they'll just do what you say. But if we can be the ones to have a conversation mm-hmm. and, and, despite however many people yell at us still be the ones to be like, Hey, let's talk about that. Like, let's go get coffee. Let's go get lunch. Let's go talk about that. Um, then we're going to see people actually be able to be changed because you can't change anyone's mind by yelling or like on Twitter or, you know, you know, on a school campus yelling at people, you can't, no one, no one is ever going to get their mind changed that way. They're just going to get their own opinion reinforced. And that's not what we need. Um, so having conversations, I've had some people recently who've reached out to me and have been like, can't believe you're doing this. Like you used to be different, you know, disappointed, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I'm like, interesting. I would love to talk about it. And their response is always didn't think you were going to say that or just don't respond. <laughs> or yeah, <laughs> sometimes, they just, sometimes they just don't <laughs> respond. Uh, but, but the ones that do respond are always like, I definitely thought you were going to like shut me down or block me. I'm interested that you wanted to have a conversation. And so we'll go and get coffee or get lunch and we'll talk. And, and, you know, I don't always get to change their mind or anything, but, but we're able to have a conversation in a civilized manner. Critical. And that's way more like there's way greater chance of changing someone's mind and, and changing their heart. Yeah. And um, that's what comes first. Ultimately. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. A heart change comes first. You have a really cool story with that. Yeah, well, I think so. Yeah, this for the sake of time. For the sake of time, I'll be very short. Okay. <laughs> but long story short, I was in high school. I was unsaved. Left very, of leaning. Very left leaning. Um, Not leaning. You were running that way. Yeah, I was. <laughs> um, but and like I said, for me, it was never a conversation someone had with me of like, "Hey, you're thinking wrong," or like, "You think the wrong thing," or "You're evil," or all this stuff. For me, it was my salvation and coming to Jesus that then shifted my viewpoint on everything because that's what Jesus does. He takes everything you think is about the world and just flips it upside down. Yep. And He's so, yeah. So for me, that's, and that's something we always want to keep our focus on is heart change before mind change because usually mind change in itself is just very shallow and it doesn't withstand the test of time, but a heart yep. change is ultimately what because the the ultimate thing is we don't our goal is not to have more conservatives if we're not also having more people that love jesus right because the whole if the whole country was conservative but didn't love jesus well like what's the point of that yeah (laughs) like you'd have low taxes and debauchery yeah pretty much (laughs) um so that always i think should be our first focus yeah and to close this out, what I know we've y'all have shared so many 
good pieces of advice, but do y'all have anything else, any advice, any tips, any call to actions for anyone who's listening to close us out with? Um, for one, there's a lot of primaries coming up, so get out and vote in those. <laughs> that is first and foremost. Um, so well, maybe, not first, not maybe not first and foremost, but first and foremost probably be like, if you don't believe in Jesus, do that. Um, but get out and vote because primaries are coming up. Primaries oftentimes determine who actually wins the election. Mm-hmm. Um, and people oftentimes bicker about like, oh, I only get to choose between the lesser of two evils. Right. Well, if you vote in the primaries, you don't. So vote in the primaries. Um, you get to actually vote for someone that you're actually like. Yeah. Um, and I would just say, like, keep your head up. Um, there's a lot going on right now. Uh, the world is chaos. It's always been chaos, uh, but getting to grow up in chaos is definitely interesting. And also seeing chaos on social media where it's like right in your face all the time. Yeah. You used to have to open up a, newspa- a newspaper to see chaos in the world or like turn on the news. And now it's just like, oh, I get a notification. Russia's invading Ukraine. That's great. Um, love that. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just like tweet, 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 tweet about mm-hmm. chaos. So um, keep your head up. Jesus is still on the throne. He mm-hmm. is still good. He's got everything under control. Um, and so don't let it overwhelm you. My last piece of advice, uh, I know it's a lot of advice, uh, well, why don't you share some advice? Okay. <laughs> um, I think my big thing is just know you're not alone, especially, I think, in high school and college. It's so easy if you're conservative, if you're a Christian, to feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm literally the only person here that feels this way. Or, like, if I speak out, I'm going to have no friends, and, like, my teachers are going to fail me, and, like, all of this stuff, and just know that. You know, you've got people that, even if it may not be in your school, you've got a community of people, and that, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And to close this out, to help this all tie together, what are ways, how can um, people get involved either? I know that many churches are involved with TPUSA Faith. How can um, they do that? And then also, if people want to follow you, um, how can they do that? So we are on, uh, for TBOSA Faith, tbosa.com slash faith. That's the large umbrella organization. Mm-hmm. You can find everything you need. You can donate. You can do whatever you need to. You want your church to start a chapter. Yep. They can go there. Um, for us personally, you can follow us at Turning Point Faith FH. You can keep up with everything we're doing here in Charlotte and in the North Carolina and in the surrounding area. Um, so that's us. And then... At David Price from Gore, for me on Instagram. Really, we're based on Instagram. Like, I have a Twitter, but I think until Elon Musk just bought it, I haven't used it. Yeah, I think it's the first time I've gone on in years last week. <laughs> yeah. But What's your Instagram? At I need to follow you. Jordan B. Price underscore. Jordan nice. Price, I guess, is a common name, so there was not yeah. all options there. Great. Thank you guys so much for joining me. I know those who are going to listen are. Um, going to be so inspired by everything that you shared and we have had a great conversation so thank you for coming on awesome thank you so